0: subway sports talk
1: dan 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 clear of the closing doors please
0: all right here we go with subway sports talk my name is peter kennedy and i am your host thank you so much as always Tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Appreciate you all the same. Don't forget, hop on that Apple Podcasts app, subscribe, rate, review. You know what to do. You hear on every single podcast that you listen to. So you know that it's clearly important to all these podcasters out here. And it's important to me. If if you can hop on there drop five stars, a little rating review action, it means a ton. I really do appreciate Every single time I see something new pop up on there, it goes a long way. And it's nice. It's a nice thing to do. Support the show if you're enjoying it. We're trying to give you some cool stuff so you could enjoy it. And here to do that with me tonight, a great duo, a dynamic duo, one of which you know very well. Or at least if you've been listening to this show, you should know very well because my guy was out here crushing it. And I'm, I'm not saying that lightly. That's actual facts. He was crushing it on this podcast during football season. First and foremost, that's my guy, Patty Boyle. Welcome back.
2: Patty. Great to be back on Subway Sports Talk. Great to have a TCNJ trio back. Look at that. And, uh, yeah, let's let's get ready to rip, man, because I'm definitely going to have a bone to pick, but not only you, but the oh other God. idiot uh, that I do the podcast with. So it's good to be back.
0: Absolutely, and that's Pat Boyle and with us, making his Subway Sports Talk debut, but not a stranger to podcast, co-host to Pat Boyle, Boyle and Shen Show, Mark Shen Lugan. What's up, brother?
1: Uh, what's going on, Pete? to be here uh you know after one sentence from pat i'm very sick of him <laughs> yes. i can't do i can't deal with him
0: and if you uh if you happen to be on twitter and follow pat or myself um uh, you may have seen the back and forth about the brooklyn nets and james harden maybe in particular uh so we are obviously going to get into that because as this nba season moves on and we're actually officially at the all-star break uh which is an accomplishment in its own right for the NBA. Obviously, there's been tons of COVID cancellations. Not tons, maybe that's a little aggressive, but there's been a handful, a fair share of COVID cancellations, but they've made it to All-Star break. They're having an All-Star game, which could be debated as a little bit crazy or still just a fun event. We shall see. Nonetheless, the Knicks are entering in the playoff picture. Um, We're recording during the game versus the Pistons, so we don't know their record going in. And the Brooklyn Nets are going into the All-Star break as not just... One of the better teams in the league, but a true finals contender. And I don't know if somebody on this podcast has something to say about that, but we will get into it. Also after that, with Pat and Mark, we're going to talk a little bit of Knicks. We're going to talk a little bit of baseball as spring training has started so we can start getting the feet wet. We could moisten the palate, if you will. I know people hate when I say that, so I love to say it uh, on baseball and get talking about some Yankees, some Mets, maybe some Cubbies for Pat Boyle over there. And then we'll talk Boyle Shen Show. And if you haven't listened to Boyle Shen Show, cue it up right after this episode. Listen to their latest stuff because they're doing a great job. And uh, if you don't like them by the end of this, I don't know what to tell you. But with all that being said, it's time to get into it. And uh, Pat, I'm probably going to end up giving you the floor here because I don't want to editorialize too much. But basically, in short, there's some stuff going on with the Brooklyn Nets that's including a lot of hype, right? We got a lot of hype about James Harden since he's you know, now getting MVP talks. Kyrie Irving is uh, back and healthy. He's not MIA. He's playing off the charts. Kevin Durant's out, and this team is still killing it. The offense is awesome. The defense isn't. We know all this stuff. But Pat Boyle, you are kind of being a bit hesitant, perhaps rightfully so. So what are you seeing or not seeing with these Brooklyn Nets that's getting you heated to the point that you feel like you have to put your tweet out there saying you best not be giving them that type of credit yet.
2: Yeah, well, look, I mean, I just want to point out a couple of things. And first and foremost, and that is that the Nets are playing some tremendous basketball. James Horton's playing some tremendous basketball. They're doing a lot of this without Kevin Durant right now. They've got a record of 24-13. and 13. Uh, you know, they're positioned to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody is expecting with the talent that they have on the roster to get to the NBA Finals. And we knew that that was, that was going to be not only a possibility, but an expectation when they were able to snag KD and Kyrie a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, in free agency. We knew that after KD was going to sol- you know, serve the one year rehabbing from the torn Achilles, that this season had title expectations. I understand that. I understand that you've got... A top two player in the planet on your team you've got a top 15 absolutely top 20 player on your team and then they want to go they went ahead and they added James Harden another top 20 player in the NBA on your team to go along with a you guys are getting some reactions already what what's the argument that's saying James Harden Kyrie Irving are absolutely top 20 players in the NBA Well, yeah, Uh, I I
0: just, you know, if you're, I heard Ryan Russillo say this the other day, if you're, this is going to hit home for you, uh, Pat, if you're working in a media market in the country, right. And you say, Oh, I'm in a top hundred media market. That usually means you're in like the 92nd media market. Right. If you say James Harden's a top 20 player, you're implying that he's not a top like six player or top seven player.
2: I'll say James Harden is is a top 10 player. Okay. Right that, that. that makes
0: me feel better. That makes me feel better. Saying top 20, that's putting him in like a, a range of, of a lot of different dudes. Fair is that enough. fair?
2: fair enough. Okay. Continue. So you've got Kevin Durant, who in my opinion is the second best basketball player on the planet. You got Kyrie top 20 and you got James Harden top 10. Those three guys alone, that's an NBA finals caliber team. I understand. I understand that. I get that. I'm not arguing against the talent levels of those guys. However, given the past couple of seasons, and the playoff history that these two gentlemen, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, have. The fact that they're only 24 and 13, I think everybody needs to pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, I think first and foremost, maybe it's COVID. Maybe, I don't know, maybe people are just getting excited about anything now since we've had sports now only for a couple of months. But. <laughs> And last time Tom, I checked, 24 and 13 isn't an absolute lock for the NBA Finals. When you got the Philadelphia 76ers, who have a better record, when you've got the Milwaukee Bucks, who have Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, and a team that has been to the Eastern Conference Finals now for the last two seasons, so the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are 24 and 13, in my opinion, is not reason for everybody to be creaming their pants right now, which is what everybody is doing. And fair enough, I get it. Kevin Durant right now has missed the last six, seven games for a mild hamstring strain. I mean, let's call it what it is. They're just going to manage. You know, he's probably only going to be playing about 30, 35 games this year at most because you obviously don't want to have him playing too much. You don't want to risk another injury because, again, May and June is what matters for this team. And another thing, when we move to James Harden, who is the subject of all this debate and the reasoning for me, blasting the trade of sending Karis Levert, Jared Allen, two young, budding, blooming stars already in this organization who have a chance – Jared Allen has a chance, if he's not already, at a top 10 player at his position with the potential to be a top three player at his position. And Karis LeVert, who showed last year in the bubble that he's a guy that, if he's on a team where you don't have three top 15 players in the NBA, he's dropping 25 points a night. So the fact that you trade those two guys away alone – You would have did those two picks for James Harden. I get it. Those two guys and a first round pick. I get it. No, those two guys, two first round picks, a second round pick, and flip-flopping yet another first round pick, offer a guy in James Harden who, don't get me wrong, yet again, one of the greatest scorers of our generation. I'm not debating that. But a guy who has how many titles in his career? Playing with some of the guys like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul playing in the Western Conference with a team that was supposed to find a way somehow at one point or another to get to the NBA Finals. They were were the team that was going to beat the Golden State Warriors. They were going to dethrone them. Then they were going to beat LeBron last year. James Harden's never won an NBA title. I don't think he'll ever win an NBA title. This is his last chance here to do it with the Brooklyn Nets. And again, playing some t- tremendous basketball. Is he playing MVP caliber basketball? Now, when you put him up against Joel Embiid, he's not. Because what Joel Embiid is doing is literally on a different level. The season that Joel Embiid is having is historic right now. And he showed us yet again on Wednesday night why he, in my opinion, is the front runner for the MVP right now alongside Giannis. Uh, and James Harden is a secondary decision, maybe a four or fifth in the MVP race. So, yeah, what the Nets are doing is all good and fine and dandy right now. It's exactly what they should be doing. In fact, they're probably a little bit below expectations, in my opinion, considering they're only 24 and 13 with the talent on their team. They should probably have about 30 wins. They should not be losing really any games at all. And you look at some of the games they've lost this year. You're telling me this team's going to win a seven-game series against the Philadelphia 76ers against the Milwaukee Bucks? I don't know about that, Pete. And I think right now the hype, and where it's at going into the all-star break is way higher than it should be. It should mm. be right on par with, Hey, this is what we expect. We traded for James Harden. We want to win a title. We're into the all-star break 11 games above 500. That's yeah, pretty good. We need to start to elevate now going into the NBA playoffs. I just think it's it, the, the hype is so overblown right now. And yes, unless the nets win an NBA title this year, Pete, or next year, or they have to win an NBA title. They have to win at least one. If they don't do that, this trade yet again to send Alan Levert and all those draft picks away is ultimately going to go down as yet just another trade that they did that ruins their future, much like they did with the KG and Boston trade.
0: Wow. That was a lot. Um, I want Mark to get in here, but let me just clean up a few things. So let's remember, there was no training camp this year and Kyrie and KD had never played together. So that's starters for their record, right? That's how they started the year without James Harden. James Harden played eight games in Houston. I'm sure he missed a couple. So I think Brooklyn might've played like 10 or 11 without James Harden since he's He's been here. I
2: believe believe he's played.
0: He's played 20,
2: 23 games with the nets,
0: with the nets. Right. And they're 24 and 13. So he, yeah, he's played a, a good chunk of their games at this point. He's only missed one. I believe since he got traded over, they are nine and one in their last 10 games. They're 9-1 their last 10 games. So in a COVID year with no training camp, new pieces, pieces leaving, new pieces coming in, we have to give every team a little more time, perhaps a team with three new main stars who've never played together in this modern era of basketball. There's a lot more to touch, but I want Mark to get in, get in here. So, Mark, I, I know you and I see a little bit more eye-to-eye here. So why don't you get into your co-host here and uh, – Tell, tell me and tell the listeners why you think he's off his rocker right now.
1: Pete, yeah, I just think it's a guy who, you know, doesn't want to go against his initial prediction <laughs> with saying that the Harden trade was a bust. Maybe I respect that. To. I, at some point, you got to let it go. Look, you know, they traded, they traded you know, Levert and Allen. You talk about giving up the future, but Karis Levert's out indefinitely. Nobody knows when he's going to come back. You know, Jared Allen wanted 100 million from the Nets, the Nets said no. So he was probably going to walk anyway, or the Nets were going to have to be forced to sign a, you know, ridiculously loaded offer sheet to retain him. And you know, when your top three options are Durant, Irving, and Harden, do you do you really need Jared Allen to be a top three player in the league? I mean, you're more than serviceable with DeAndre Jordan and playing that role at center. The guy's shooting 76. Now. I don't really think it's fair to, you know, harp on these guys, Irving and Harden and their playoff experience. Harden maybe more so just because of his failures at Houston, but Kyrie Irving has shown that he's, you know, a baller in the playoffs. You know, he's, he hit the big shot in game seven, pretty much gave them the title in Cleveland. Durant, you know, he's going to be the alpha on this team. James Harden, he was the alpha in Houston. He doesn't have to be the alpha on this team. And I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. Now, the three of them, I mean, Pat, you pointed to their record at 24 and 13. Um, they've only played seven games together all three of them. And, you know, the two losses were the first game, the double OT loss in Cleveland, where it's their first game together. And the other loss was where Durant didn't even play, didn't even start the game. only played 19 minutes in the game against the Raptors. and Then he got pulled midway through. So outside of that, they haven't lost with those three guys. And, you know, you want to talk about Philly. I mean, Philadelphia got swept out of the playoffs last year against Boston. And you want to talk about Milwaukee's big free with Drew Holiday, Middleton and Giannis. I'll take Durant, Irving and Kyrie over those three any day of the week. So for me, I think the, I just think you don't want to back off your initial prediction. I think you're a little crazy here. And they're only a half game back of Philly. And when they get all three of these guys back second half of the year, I think the Nets are really going to pull away for that one seed.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I am crazy. <laughs> I don't have to that. but I'm, I'm not crazy for the reasons that you're stating. And, you know, again, you guys want to talk about they've needed time to gel and all this stuff. I mean, I can make the same exact. I can make the same opposite argument for Miami. It's a team that played all the way till what? When was the NBA Finals last year? In September? When did they? It might. Have, did August? it even go to
0: October? It might have went to October. I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, we finished like, and, and all of a sudden now they're turning around. I mean, look what the Miami Heat—they're going to be a factor in the playoffs too. Last year and, and this year as well. We saw what they did last year. I don't think it was a fluke. I think Bam Adebayo is maybe the third best center in the NBA.
0: He's stud straight up. He's
2: an absolute stud. You've got Jimmy Butler who is who seemed to has hit a second level to his career. I mean, let's not get into, you know, structuring out the Eastern Conference right now, but I don't I just think right now everybody just thinks it's it's the Nets and everybody else and it's not. To well, me to me it's a I can three, cut in real quick. three or four teams that can come out of the, this Eastern Conference. And again, I think just given the past pedigree of James Harden failing miserably and epically in the NBA finals in the biggest moments And the fact that Kyrie hasn't really done anything since the NBA Finals game winning shot, to me, this isn't an NBA Finals winning team, not this year.
1: Go ahead, Mark. Thanks, Pete. Um, You know, look, Pat, I'll take the situation where they're, you know, five and two in these games with the three of them playing compared to, you know, when LeBron got the band together in Miami. They were eight and nine, 17 games. People weren't freaking out then. They were. I don't know why you're freaking out now with the Nets.
0: Well, people were kind of freaking out. They were just kind of freaking out for the wrong reasons, right? So I'm with you. That's a great point, uh, Mark. Like, So this is where I find there's a big thing that's going on with James Harden. If you were a person who didn't appreciate his time in Houston, it's almost too late for a lot of people. I'm not just saying you in particular, Pat. I'm talking about people in general because if you listen to this podcast, you know I've been a Harden supporter for years. When everybody's out here, oh, he's boring. All he does dribble, 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 drive, foul, whatever, step back three. Like, whatever. Some people don't like how he plays, and I get that. He also has some epic failures in the biggest stages uh, of the NBA. The reason we even hold him to that accord, to to that level of accountability, is because he is not a top 20 player. He has been a top, I'd say, three player, top three over the past five seasons. He's finished in top... uh, three MVP voting in I think four out of the five last seasons. He, you could argue he could have two or three MVPs, not just one. Uh, and you're talking about other teams. You're talking about the Sixers who haven't proven anything in the playoffs. The Bucks have proven less than that, perhaps. Like So I, I'm, I'm just sitting here looking at Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden playing the best basketball of his career, averaging over 11 assists, on the best three point percent uh, percentage for him of his career with playing with the best shooter of his career in Joe Harris, which you actually told me was facts, you know, this team has an offense that is absolutely undeniable and almost nobody in this league can consistently keep up with. And everybody's coming to, to this argument here. It's like, oh, well, they don't have Jared Allen. What are they gonna do with Joel Embiid? Honestly, I think they might say Joel Embiid, go score 40. We don't care. We're going to score 140. You know what I'm saying? So unless the rest of your team shoots the hell out of it and picks up Derish, like it, it's over. It doesn't matter. You cannot keep up with us. So,
2: And that's right. I, I think you're wrong, Pete, because as historically good as this Nets offense has been, and that's something we went back and forth on Twitter, where you said maybe one of the greatest offenses ever. Yeah, um, for sure. sure. What was the stat? What was the stat you used?
0: It's offen- offensive rating, offensive rating. It's uh, per 100 possessions. So it's equal. It's it's equal based off pace. It's equal based off you know how many possessions every team's getting in a particular game. Uh, it's based off 100 possessions, and they're at 119. The Warriors at their peak with uh, I think it was the 73 win season, they were at 115.8 or nine. I forget. I don't have it in front of me right now. And the Bulls at their peak were at 114. So that's yeah, so the nineties bulls
2: for an offense that is historically good. Their defense, when all three of them have played, has just been as historically bad, uh, especially in a game today where how many times have they given up 130 points, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 10 times, um, especially in losses, especially in some bad losses, like that double over to overtime loss to Cleveland, losing them to Cleveland again, back to back. Um, you know, when those three guys are on the court, yeah, they can they can put up 130 points. They can also give up 140. And especially in transition, their transition defense at times when those three guys are on the court is just abysmal. You know, they're just getting beat on the fast break. It's easy buckets. It's easy layups. It's one-two pass, open guy, drills a three. And Steve Nash, who, you know, say what you will, I mean, he just won the coach of the month in the NBA. So I guess, you know, for the most part, he's been doing as as he should be. Um you know, I, I think in terms of how he's managed the minutes uh, and, and, you know, kind of managed the entire thing so far, I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, but, you know, their defense is what's ultimately going to cost them, especially when they don't stylistically match up and physically match up with a team like the 76ers. You said, Joe Embiid go score 40. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. So who's going to so guard if they're going to they're going to let Embiid, you know, I'm, I'm assuming DeAndre Jordan's going to cover him slash Kevin Durant. But then yeah. who's going to cover Tobias Harris? Who's, who's having a what has he a
0: ever done in the playoffs, my guy? What has he ever done important in, in the NBA ever once? <laughs> Name one thing besides be semi-consistent 18 points a game for the past five years that no one cares about. Like, it doesn't matter. Tobias Harris, get that's James Harden light, light, light is Tobias Harris. He hasn't made a meaningful basket in his damn career. Some uh, I forget who it was, uh, uh, TCNJ-Eight, actually, one of our people we all know, um, uh, curry uh, great closer one of the greatest closers in TCNJ baseball history. He said, Tobias Harris is the overtime God. I don't even know if he listens to this podcast, but he, he direct messaged me that on Twitter and I didn't, I don't even know if I respond. I was like, what does that even mean? As he had like four good to- overtimes in his career. I don't, I can't think of one meaningful thing. This guy's ever done on a basketball court, his best, uh, best two years of his career, both under doc rivers. He's getting, you know, put in good places to succeed, but don't get, don't, don't come in here with Tobias Harris when we're talking about James Harden. Come on now. Come on. Well,
2: I'm, saying, I'm saying Tobias Harris is having a tremendous year. He's averaging 20 points a game, he's shooting over 40% from deep. Oh, so, and, and I'm saying that, and the size specifically, because you have a Brooklyn Nets team that is bad defensively, and you got a physical team like Philadelphia who can score in the paint, who can dominate you in the paint. You don't have really a, a second shot blocker outside of DeAndre Jordan. Um, and then you've also got to worry about Ben Simmons, who obviously ain't going to hurt you from three, but he's going to be driving to the paint. He's going to be driving inside the paint all, all game long. Who's going to pick him up? Joe Harris? Well, This is I, the thing. This is the I, thing, I is the
0: thing about, about that exact point, right? Ben Simmons is an incredible defender too, right? So he can probably guard Harden or Kyrie or Kevin Durant as good as anybody in the league, which is a good notch in Philly's cap for sure. But then there's two other guys who can drop 35. Right? Shen... Uh, Back me up over here. Come on.
1: I mean, I'm just enjoying you two go back and (laughs) forth. I mean, you know, Pat's talking about the defense giving up, you know, 120, 130 plus and, you know, 9, 10 games. They've only played seven games together. So something doesn't equate there, number one. Oh, Um, that's statistics. Number two, I mean, they beat Milwaukee already with the big three playing. They beat the Lakers with just just Irving and, and Arden. And they beat the Clippers with just Irving and Harden. so to me, the hype is right where it should be with this team. And you know, you want to talk about who's going to guard Ben Simmons if he drives or Tobias Harris. Who's going to guard James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Durant? And then you're going to leave Joe Harris who's shooting 50% from three open. Yeah. Who's and- who's going to guard that? I mean, Philly can have the size advantage all they want. It doesn't matter whether they're picking the ball off the floor through the basket the entire game.
2: And Seth Curry's pretty Seth Curry's a pretty solid defender. And then Seth again- Curry's a
0: great. Great little piece. I for can them, make but... the same
2: argument. As good as the Nets are offensively, they are that much worse defensively when those three guys are on the floor. They're going to get burned by Curry. They're going to get burned by Simmons. They're going to get burned by my boy Shake Milton squaring oh, up on the okay. thing.
1: This is just this is so getting carried away.
2: Cork Maz into the mix. Look, That's still true. Nelson it's will true. will grind them down and they will beat them in five or six games like they did in 2019. And Pete, I do remember a certain Tobias Harris dropping 29, and then dropping 24 in back-to-back games in that exact Eastern Conference playoff series against the Nets. uh,
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm not saying he hasn't scored 25 in his career before. He's done that plenty of times. I'm just saying I don't care because he is irrelevant to me. (laughs) No, obviously that's not a good comeback or anything like that, but I'm, I'm talking about... I want to to reel this back in for a second because we're talking about Steve Nash. We're talking about the Sixers and the Nets in particular, right, as a head-to-head matchup. And this is where I think a point we haven't – we've been working around it. I haven't said it or Mark hasn't said it because it would go against what you believe right now. Uh, Pat, Steve Nash becomes a key player here, and what strings does he decide to pull? If you go as the Brooklyn Nets into a series with the Philadelphia 76ers and you say, oh, my God, they have Joel Embiid. We need to make sure we get as many minutes out of DeAndre Jordan and uh, whatever backup. You know, Nick Claxton's probably their backup center right now, but he's not a traditional center. Whatever, Bruce, say Bruce
2: Brown. Yeah, exactly. Bruce so Brown, you're going to guard Joel.
0: Well, no, no. But the point is, if they're if they're going to say, "Oh, we have to get another backup big just to deal with Joel Embiid," what if they just said the opposite? Oh, you you think we don't want to you know get on the court without having a big to de- uh, guard Joel Embiid? Try having Joel Embiid on the floor when we have five shooters on the floor all who can put the ball on the ground and dribble and attack the rim as well. The spacing for them will be ridiculous. All of a sudden, Joel and B would be out on an island trying to guard James Harden one-on-one at the top of the key. And that's not going to end too well either. So, you know, for everyone's strength, there's a weakness right now. And I'm just saying, the strength for the Brooklyn Nets is so, so strong, probably stronger than any other unit in the entire league, that they can outweigh pretty much any other strength from another team. On any given night, as they've proven, as they have an incredible record against the best teams in the NBA. And in a seven-game series, we're talking about, as you said, Kevin Durant. If he is right, the James Harden part of this almost becomes irrelevant because his shots are becoming more efficient. He's more efficient than ever right now. His passing is being highlighted more than ever because he's playing with this great offensive uh, you know, system here. Kevin Durant is the key because we all know if he's right a lot of these other things will not matter. And I want to move off this subject because we have some more things to talk about, but any last words on the Harden Brooklyn Nets of thing going on right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, Cause I think we did get a little bit away from what my main point in all this is. And that was not to, you know, start to analyze a, a net 76ers playoff matchup. Although again, I do think if they go up against sixers, they're going down in the six or seven at, at most. Um, but it, it's because it's, I don't, dislike James Harden I like James Harden I don't think he's boring you know there's there's folks who do that I understand the greatness that he put on for eight nine years with the Houston Rockets and although ultimately didn't ever win a title that's not the fact that he's not one of the best scorers of our generation of the last 20 seasons the fact that this guy can go out and drop 40 50 points on almost any given night there's there's really no slander from me coming towards James Harden as a player, other than the fact that it's the thing that matters most. And that's that he's never won, despite the fact that he has had superstar casts around him in years past. And Pete, and it's the fact that what have I, what what did my tweet about lasting the trade come down to the Nets have to win a title? Yeah. It's my belief belief that the Nets were better equipped to win a title. In the next two, three seasons, if not multiple, with the team they had with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and young, blooming superstars and Karis LeVert and Jared Allen, not to mention Spencer Dinwiddie, who's hurt, who's still on the team either way, and the fact that, look, draft picks are unknown, but you still got two Two, three more first-round draft picks in the future to work with. Look what the New York Knicks have done with one of their first-round draft picks. Dare I say? Yes, but come Emanuel on. I mean, if you no. think about it
0: like this, if you're Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you don't care about no first-round draft pick. You get exactly. James hard. Right. You get James Harden every time. You get the star every time. And uh, if you start, you know, trying to talk about every single season that Harden made the playoffs and didn't win a championship, he was still one of the last man standing. You know. Pretty much every single year he's been in Houston outside of like two. He's one of the last people standing in the Western Conference. Yes, he's coming up small. He's also gone up against one of the best franchises or franchise runs ever in the Golden State Warriors. And you talk about his star-studded cast. I mean, let's not talk about uh, Russell Westbrook last year being a star-studded cast. That guy's been abysmal uh, from an offensive standpoint in many different fashions and he's even worse this year. Somehow he's shooting how somehow I think this is actually my theory on Russell Westbrook. He's been dunking the ball so hard for the past 10 years that he has no nerves left in his hands and he can't, he can't feel the ball because this guy,
2: I'm so glad you brought up Russell Westbrook. He's so bad, but wait, hold on. Chris Paul
0: it, and Mark said, well, I'm not done yet. Mark said this in the chat. So I'll, I'll give Mark the shout. If Chris Paul's hand, he doesn't go. That whole thing could be written differently. Um, before that he was playing with Dwight Howard and Chandler Parsons as his best players in Houston, and the Oklahoma City stuff very much so does not count. He was the sixth man on that team. So to talk that he had the star-studded cast and all this stuff, I ain't here for that. Plus, uh, and I love Damian Lillard. He's amazing. He's the coolest dude in the league. He's cold as hell in these regular season games and kicking out Paul George and Russell Westbrook in the, in the playoffs here. But my guy has he doesn't get any shit for losing to the Warriors in the final in the Western Conference Finals. James Harden does, because he's on the pedigree of these other dudes, and you just get held to a different standard.
1: Yeah, and and, you know
2: that's all fair and true. And Mark, I just before I just want to finish this off with this my last point here. Again, is I thought either draft picks or not, I thought the Nets were a more well-rounded, all around, better basketball team, with the fact that Jared Allen could be a top five center in this league for the next 10 years. And Karis LeVert is a tremendous score, a tremendous, tremendous score who, who probably will not get enough credit until it's too late. And he's only what, 23 years old. Those four guys, you along with Joe Harris to me is a better all around basketball team that can win an NBA title rather than Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And I'm going to, I'm going to stay on that Hill until they prove me wrong. And yeah, I
1: don't, you you, you can, but, but you are wrong. And I'll finish with this. Look, this is a win now league, and you know you talk about ten years with Jared Allen. I just told you that he wants hundred million. The Nets aren't keeping him, so he's gone in a year. Max and Karis Levert hasn't played a game since the trade, and you know these picks with the with Houston, they're all going to be late first round picks. This isn't the NFL draft where you know you pick thirty if you get a stud. A lot of these guys fail anyway in the NBA. So I mean, I look at that, take that into account as well. And you're saying if I have Durant, Irving, and Harden, I'll take those three problems any day of the week. I, I can't say that enough. I really yes, can't. and
2: and again, you haven't been able to deal with the problems because there hasn't been any lately. But what are we supposed to think when the literally the last three years has been nothing but a a literal reality TV show with Kyrie Irving?
0: It, it could be any day if you saw if you saw a Woj bomb if you saw a bomb right now that Kyrie Irving was like in Tulum or something like that. Yeah, you would be like, all right, I, that makes sense. I he left again. It happens. That's what Kyrie Kyrie be doing shit like that, and then he gets on the basketball court and you're like. Oh my God, how does this guy do this? Has he even practiced in a year? Like, what, where has he been? Kyrie Irving, bro, he blows my mind with some of the uh, plays he pulls off on the court. And then he'll just disappear. So I'm with you, Pat. There's there's room for drama in this team. There 100% is room for drama. Uh, I am here for that drama. And I hope that drama goes all the way until late in the playoffs so we can watch this very exciting team
2: uh, And that's what I'm saying. Off. Things have been going Things have been going swimmingly for, what, three weeks now all of a sudden and everybody's ready to declare the Nets and NBA champions? Like, oh, let's bring it back. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: yes.
2: And they, they do
0: have the, yes. the third you know, best I, odds I, right now, I think, I, I, in, I'm, in I'm Vegas. I'm sick so. of
1: all the future talk, Pete, because the Celtics have been set up great for the past 10 years and they've got nothing to show for it. With yeah, all the draft picks. picks all Stock
0: the Kyle. draft picks they got. Pretty yeah, sick, right? Yeah,
2: Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, you know, the, the so, uh, Super to They got the Knicks too. Nine points in a game two loss to Milwaukee in route to getting – Blank four games in a row. Oh, that was four. ugly. I remember those,
1: that. those. Those same Celtics swept the Sixers, who you've been talking so much about last yeah, season. Now
2: Kyrie Irving. Oh
0: my God, this That's, is good. This is good. This is great. Worse. I'm loving. I'm loving the energy here. Let's, let's yeah, we got to we got to move on because we well, we don't have that much time here.
2: Everybody, keep the receipts. Three months from now, when the Nets are not in the NBA Finals, and even if they are, they're not beating LeBron.
0: Well, we shall see. Kevin Durant has a way of beating LeBron in the finals. Uh, I'm just saying. And anyways. Moving on before Pat on and we start continuing on the next uh, conversation here, regroup for a second, this subway sports talk, we got Pat Boyle, we got Mark Shanlugan. Uh, they are the Boyle and Shen show. And if you can't tell, they love going at each other. So if you want to hear that, that energy, when that energy gets kept up, it's on the Boyle and Shen show. So don't miss it. Uh, all your your podcast uh, platforms, right? I, you know, I said that good enough, all the podcast platforms, Pat, that works for you.
2: Podcast platform. Or yes, the Podcast yeah. platform. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We recently dropped our agreement with SoundCloud. Yeah, <laughs> no, <yeah>. <laughs> me, the me agree- too, the agreement of all, of all 19 listeners that were on SoundCloud.
0: <laughs> well, sounds good to me. That Spotify, you're on to greener pastures. I was on SoundCloud back in the day. And those stats are for Gazy. I remember one time I, I posted a episode about Porzingis' name was in the title on SoundCloud. All of a sudden, I got like 300 listeners in, in Latvia. And I was like, eh, you know what? Like, could it be real? Like, it could, I guess, right? But also feels a little fugazy. You know what, what I'm saying? <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, that might actually be all we have for basketball tonight. I don't know if we have time to talk about the Knicks. I will say that Frank Nilakina, three for three from three at halftime against the Pistons. Keep my boy in the rotation. Frankie Smokes. Why don't you? Um, but anyways. Pat Boyle, Mark Shan Lugan. Let's move on to baseball and let's all calm down here for a second. We got worked up, had great fun with that Nets conversation. I will remind everybody real quick. Actually, I had a Nets analogy, Pat, from the football season that went really poorly for me at the end. If you remember,
2: I don't, what what was it?
0: I called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, they actually won the title. So I hope you don't, get the same fate that happened to me there you know I tried to stick to it. it didn't work anyways moving on to baseball here it's sneaking up on us and um it's a little bit different here in New York because the Yankees are still really good but the Mets seem to have all the hype the Mets are the Brooklyn Nets in this you know conversation they have the shiny new toy in Francisco Lindor they have some returning guys who are have been putting up really good seasons. They have an offense projected to be top five in baseball, and no one cares about the Yankees right now for some reason, yet their offense is still projected to be top five in baseball. Their pitching might be a little suspect. Um, But, Shen, you are a Yankees guy, yes? Absolutely. So let me ask you this before we get into some more particulars with the baseball season coming up. Is it weird for you? Like, how do you react when the Mets get all this hype, I feel like there's a couple different types of Yankees fans and Yankee fans. And I'm curious where you land. Cause some Yankee fans can't have the Mets hype. Some people accept it. Some people take it and flip it around, throw it back in your face. Where do you land here?
1: You know, Pete, I, I really don't care. Um, especially before the season even starts, you know, we'll see what happens when these guys get out there. Um, but for me, it honestly, maybe it's better that the the Yankees are flying a little bit under the radar coming into this season. Maybe they won't choke in October this time,
0: like James Harden.
1: <laughs> well, James Harden chokes in June, not October. It's true, but I get I get where you're going with that.
0: Yeah, so you're okay with it? With uh, you know, maybe the Yankees need to be a little bit less in the spotlight here to to get right, get healthy, get where they need to be without this championship or bust thing just hammered in, into their face, into their narrative the entire season.
1: Oh, it's it's good. Let the Mets get all the attention they want. I'm I'm good with that, Pat. How do you read it as a guy who is
0: very heavily involved in the New York media landscape right now? How do you how do you read it? You know, you're hearing the callers as much as anybody when you're working at the fan over there, and you're doing a bunch of your own things. What's your, what's your thoughts on this preseason hype thing going for the Mets and Yankees?
2: I think it's incredible. Um, you know, I, I think it's tremendous as somebody who's a who's a Cubs fan personally, but obviously. Uh, you know, stays heavily involved, like you said, with the Yankees and the Mets, I, I think this is, this is great. I think Steve Cohen becoming the owner, everybody, you know, creamed themselves rightfully so a couple of months ago when he took over because they, they envisioned this finally happening. And I think it's funny by the way, too, Fred Wilpon has been showing up to the spring training games and everybody's like fist bumping them and like saying hi, like as if like they're all not talking crap about the guy <laughs> for the last 10 years. But now, you know, Steve Cohen, they're like, that's like, Fred, it's all right. You know, we hated you, but now we got Steve's money. So The fact that they finally got, you know, maybe one of the richest owners in all of sports. This is what Mets fans have been going to sleep dreaming about for what all of the last 40 seasons, 30 seasons now. So, I mean, it paid dividends. And look, you know, myself personally, I think the Mets came up a little bit short in the offseason. I think I would give them like a B minus, maybe a flat B. I think the one guy they really needed to get was George Springer. And outside of that, they needed a dominant reliever. They needed to get the top reliever in this free agency class, whether it be Brad Hand. And if not him, they needed to get uh, Liam Hendricks. They didn't get either. Either way, you know, when all of a sudden the expectations go from, in terms of free agency slash trades, they go from zero to 100, it's hard to meet them. But I think this is great. I think the hype is is well-deserved. I think the Mets, you know, barring catastrophic injuries, just the the talent they have alone on paper, I think they're an 88 to 91 team minimum. Um, with the potential to be 95, 96 wins, uh, I definitely think they're rightfully favored to win the NL East. Um, now, can they actually beat the Braves, who have uh, you know gotten back to the pinnacle of division? That'll have to be seen. But it's it's the Mets who who should be in the playoffs absolutely without an issue this year. And the Yankees again should have little to no problems winning the AL East, considering that the Rays have now taken a step back with the amount of pitching that they've lost um, and the fact that look t- over year and over year again they're they're successful. They do it with a low bankroll, and they, you know it seems like they've once again gone even lower with their bankroll, um, uh, with all COVID and everything else, and, and just the fact that that's not their brand of baseball. So I think you got the Yankees and the Mets, two out of the top five six teams in all of baseball this year. I think it's an incredible season uh, ready to come for both teams in 2021, um, and I really do think that a Subway Series World Series is not out of the realm of possibilities. I think it's a great time Ooh. to be alive for New York baseball. Oh.
0: And that's how you moisten the palate of baseball fans in New York, baby. That's Moistened how you do it right there.
2: It's the palate of these folks here listening. Hey,
0: I mean, you, used the, you used the word cream twice already on this podcast.
2: Man.
1: So
0: <laughs> there's a lot of moistening going on over here on Subway Sports Talk today. Uh, Shed, you, Pat gave a, a B. We'll, co- we'll go with the solid B on the Mets offseason front. What was your grade for the Yankees offseason? Because there's there's some unhappy Yankee fans. How unhappy were you?
1: um look i'll give them like a, i'm gonna give them a b2
0: they stood the course you, you basically you know i mean an
1: a would have been them getting trevor bauer i mean I, pete to be honest with you i don't think this is a team that really needed significant upgrades i just think they need to you know figure it out in october and stop chasing low and away sliders and strike mm. it out and put the ball like i think that's the biggest hole they have um you know it's been the problem the past two three seasons i mean you look back to the uh the series against Houston two years ago and then the series against the Rays. The problem is really, they do just don't hit when it, when it matters or in timely situations. So I think that's the biggest thing. Can, you know, Judge, Sanchez, and Stanton, those big three guys, because you know, we is going to be there, can those three guys, you know, play to their potential in October and make the necessary adjustments that they need to make? Yeah. But for me, to me, overall, it's, you know, 29 teams are here and everybody's chasing the Dodgers up here.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of that strong. The only thing that comes into play now for me, it's one of these unscientific things with the Dodgers. They've been in the World Series, and they finally got over the hump. They won their first World Series. If what have they been in four of the last five? Is that accurate? The Dodgers. They've been in right in um, four of the last five World yeah, Series. They, they won.
1: They lost to Houston. They lost to the Sox. That's three right there.
0: So they've they've been at whatever. The, the, at least three. Basically, they've been in a crap ton of of World Series. Uh, with a decent chunk of the same core. Obviously, adding Mookie Betts is insane. It's still kind of crazy that that happened, um, and the Red Sox just gave up on that whole thing. But, you know, they have now this thing where they're, they are they got to repeat, and we know how hard it is to repeat in any sport. It almost, it almost never happens anymore in professional sports. Uh, what was the last repeat championship, now that I think of it? The Warriors? We have it in basketball every once in a while. We had the Warriors do it. We had the Heat do it. Outside of basketball, though, the Patriot. wow, that was a nice voice crack there. <laughs> Damn, the Patriots didn't win many, uh, any back-to-backs. Yeah, it just doesn't happen very much. So,
2: Yankees are the last uh, repeat World Series.
0: Yes, and that was 21 years ago now. So that, that's always tough. It is exciting to think that the Mets and Yankees, in, in a couple different versions of reality, can, can see each other in the World Series. Uh, when I think about the Yankees, though, the one guy who comes to mind... And he just has to get right and has to be the face of the franchise that we all thought he was. It's Aaron Judge. He's been banged up. He hasn't been as good. I have a, a guy who does the podcast with me all the time, Alec Argento. He's been on this podcast. You know, honestly, I think we've been doing it since Aaron Judge's first season. And he was so hyped, so hyped, so hype. He called the the big run early in his career. And it was like, all right, he's starting to get hurt. He's not putting up the numbers. Like, is this guy going to be a one-hit wonder? Shen, is that, or Pat, whoever wants to jump in, I don't even care. Is that even possible for Aaron Judge to be a one-hit wonder at some point? Is this the year he figures it out?
2: Um, I mean, look, it, it's it's never really been an issue about the talent that, that Judge has. You know, there was that little bit of a drop-off after his, you know, quote-unquote rookie season when he won the Rookie of the Year, came in second in the MVP voting, hit 52 bombs, you know, an OPS of over 1,000. You know his OPS has never been lower than 890, and it, it was you know the lowest it was in a full season last year in a shortened season where he was once again injured. But the power is there; it, it will always be there. He is a mammoth of a human being to the point where he makes contact with the ball. It's going out of the ballpark one out of every ten times. You know, so the the power you never have to worry about the ability to drive the ball out of the ballpark, and you know even. I mean, he's still a career 272 hitter for a guy that's hitting the ball out of the out of the ballpark in a full season on average 35 40 times a year he is a tremendous talent you know there, there's I, I don't think he can really ever really drop off to a point where he'll be a one-hit wonder so to answer your question no however it's 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 been the same question every year now for the last three years can he stay healthy missed 50 games in 2018 he missed 60 games in 2019 and he only played 28 games out of the uh, out of the what 60 last year so uh it's can he stay healthy and you know he's he's said in the offseason he hasn't really uh lifted any less but you know they have implemented a, a lot more yoga and stretching I mean you know they fired their training staff two years ago they brought in uh Eric Cressy still a ton of injuries last year um
0: Aaron Boone just got injured is he sick or something
2: now Who's that? Aaron Boone. Yeah. Even the coach had, is out had, for a while. He had a pacemaker. You know, that open heart surgery, what, like 10 years ago now? It's crazy. Um, he had a pacemaker. He said he's been having trouble breathing. So, I mean, that was a little scary, but yeah. he should be good. I mean, it's you know, you know, you got a pacemaker. It's definitely kind of reminds you of your own mortality. But, no, I mean, the thing with Judge, Judge, I'm not worried about Aaron Judge. Um, I'm not worried about Giancarlo Stanton. I think, we, well, I think Giancarlo Stanton has finally – really enveloped himself in the New York landscape fans or not at the ballgames last year. There wasn't, but I mean, we saw what he can do in the postseason last year. He was one of the best hitters in the playoffs. I'm not worried about Giancarlo. I'm not worried about if he strikes out four times in, in, in you know, two games in a row and he's getting his ass booed off. Like that's fine. He can deal with it. He's shown he can deal with it because he was there in the postseason last year. I'm not even worried about Gary Sanchez, who Mark absolutely loves to hate because I think Gary is in store for a big season. Not only with the He's back, due. but I think you're going to see a market improvement out of him defensively. He's been working now with their catching coach for the last year and a half now, their new catching coach. And the fact that I think he has, you know, kind of gone through that, that mental arduous process. He got benched last year. They have brought in Ronnie Torinos this year. They've got uh, Higashioka as well. I think Gary's going to be fine. And I think, the boy, Clint Frazier, Big Red, is going to have an absolute mm. monster of a season. So, again, as Mark said... The lineup's not the issue at all with this team. It's, can they, it's when it comes down to October is, is it's the lineup. Can they hit in the clutch situations? What I'm a little concerned with with this Yankees team, maybe out of the gate more so than anything, the first month or two months, is the fact that you've got three big question marks in your rotation. Oh, yeah. With Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone. You're not getting Severino back for a while. And then you've got really, you know, kind of can can Domingo Herman keep his head on straight and be yeah. mentally – strong enough to compete through a season that for me is at least in the beginning and hopefully not the entire season is the big thing with this Yankees team is the rotation because Brian Cashman gave away, let Masahiro Tanaka walk, let half rightfully walk, mm-hmm. let Paxton go um, all in all to get, you know, basically sign two, three big question marks and, and, and hope that when Luis Severino comes back and hopefully in June or July, that he's going to be the Cy Young quality pitcher that he was two, three years ago. So Again, I don't think there's going to be an issue. I think at the end of the season, you're looking at Garrett Cole, second-best pitcher on the planet, Luis Severino, Cy Young candidate, who's going to be healthy come October. Um, Kluber, Tyone, one of those two was probably going to pan out. The other maybe won't, depending on health and fitness and how they perform. Um, and, then, and then let's not forget, you've also got Davey Garcia and Jordan Montgomery. So the Yankees I want, sounds I want like to you just sure.
0: It sounds like you just talked yourself into their rotation, to be quite honest.
2: Well, yeah, because I want to make sure everyone kind of harnesses expectations out of the gate. If the Yankees are five hundred through April, right? You know, because there's help. I, I,
0: there could be help on the way. Is your point. I think when
2: June, July comes around, this team is going to find their, They're going to find their stride. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be exciting no matter what, considering all the star power both these teams now have.
1: You know, Pete, it's kind of funny. Because with the Yankees, we're going to harness our expectations yeah, if with they're the struggle out of the game. The but blasts. with the Mets, it's, whoa, oh, oh, we got to hold the hype here. But anyway, look, <laughs> you, know that the Yankees, too. <laughs> you know, the Yankees can do all the, you know, hot yoga, Zumba, spin classes, all they want. We know Judge is going to pull an oblique. We know Stan's going to pull his hammy, rounding the bases for a homer. And we know San <laughs> is probably going to pull his quad, chasing a pass ball that he should have caught. <laughs> the problem is not the regular season with this team. I'm telling you, it's October. Come October, these guys turn into mental midgets at the plate. That's It's the truth. It's been that way the past three years. But to be honest with you, this year, they might catch a break because Houston's not what they once were. The Rays definitely aren't what they were last year. So I really look at the rest of the AL, and if the Yankees don't get to the World Series this year, it's a monumental failure mm. for these guys.
0: Wow. so More it, so than ever. The Brooklyn More Nets so parallels ever. even come further in. And you know what we got? We got the Yankees as the Brooklyn Nets finals contenders, and we got the Mets as the New York Knicks frisky little playoff team, perhaps. New York sports on the come up. What's going? What are the Jets up to over here? Are they getting their shit together too?
2: No, we're, we're, <laughs> it's been years before we have the Jets playing competitive football. I'll tell you, yeah. It won't be years until they'll be playing competitive football. It's the New York Giants who could be winning the, the NFC East in 2021. I'll tell you that much.
0: Who? Who?
2: Who? How? New York Giants.
0: Alex Smith, backup quarterback, going to take over the job week six. Hey. Not, no, I didn't. No,
2: no, 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 no. Hey, It won't be Jones. I'll tell Jones you that. I didn't sign up for Daniel Jones. No, no, Sander no. Sander. No, we're not getting into it.
0: We're not getting into it. We might have to get uh, the whole crew, you know, Boyle, Shen, and Pete. I don't know where Pete can fit into the title if we're going to make it a trio here, but we might have to have you guys back on to discuss the quarterback situation in New York, or at least even, you know, what the hell the Jets are going to do with Sam Darnold and their draft pick, et cetera. That could be, that, we, we don't have another hour, so we can't get into it right now. To stick with baseball for a second, the Yankee stuff, kind of obvious at this point, right? It feels like the same story. Expected to win 95, expected to be in the playoffs. You know, wake me up in October. Wake me up when September ends, right? That's, that's a song by Green Day, and I just said that out loud. Um, the Mets, though, on the other front. Who is the guy? Obviously, Lindor is the big acquisition, so we, we know we need a lot from him. But who is the guy, in you guys' estimation, not DeGrom, not Lindor? Let me just put that out there now. Not DeGrom, not Lindor. Who is the guy you look at and say, this guy needs to be a stud for the Mets to get where they need to go?
2: Mark, you want to take this one? Because I already—I I know who it is. Yeah,
1: I'll, uh, I'll go. Um, to me, more so than anything, maybe I shock you guys a little bit here with who I'm going to say. I think it's Pete Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Because if he is what he's supposed to be, then that guy, gives you two bona fide studs in the lineup with Alonzo knocking all the So, I mean, you look at those two guys in a lineup against a lot of other teams, you know, big two in a lineup, they're right at the top there for me. You know, the past couple, their team for me, at least, has been more so the offense than the pitching. So if those two can do what they need to do, I think the Mets are well set up. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I think they're playing on the roughest division in baseball now with the NL East. but um, those two for me, they, uh, they need to be big impact players this year.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, you know, Pete kind of had that sophomore. He didn't kind of, he did have a sophomore slump last year. Bailey, went didn't even, did he hit 200? Did he finish what? 202. Yeah, average? He picked, he
0: picked it up as the year went on a little bit, but definitely, definitely a sophomore slump for, don't have for numbers, good, a good portion. portion. I mean,
2: absolutely not his rookie season. Uh, to me, you know, you're looking at a team that is going to have to try to compete with the Atlanta Braves, the stacked rotation they have uh, with, uh, you know, Max Freed and Soroka and Charlie Morton and the likes, and, you know, also then competing perhaps with the Philadelphia Phillies if they could uh, ever figure out how to hit in clutch situations. So I, I, I really think we kind of have to harness this to just the Atlanta Braves I think the central is going to have a down season. Um, You know, unfortunately my cubbies, they look like they're on the uh, verge of a complete rebuild. Who knows if Chris Bryant's going to be on this team, come the trade deadline. So really it's the Atlanta Braves who have one of the best rotations in baseball. And then of course it's the LA Dodgers who have what four Cy Young award winners in their staff. Now, Mark said it, you know, it's the Dodgers and really everybody else to me, if the Mets are going to compete and ultimately try to knock off the Dodgers or the Braves in the playoffs, it's got to be the rotation that absolutely balls out this year like they did in 2015. And that's DeGrom, you're one. And that is big Thor, Noah Syndergaard, you're one A. He's the X factor for the New York Mets this season coming off the Tommy John. I mean, look, he had a bad season in 2019, 4.28 ERA, only went 10 and eight kind of, you kind of wondered maybe a little bit at times where his head was at um, kind of aloof at times in the post-game press conferences you know, gave up basically a hit per inning and barely had a strikeout per inning. But, you know, Noah is a guy who we saw and he's an absolute freak of nature. And, you know, to me, it's not, it's not a guy that's going to fall off. He's another guy that has massive size, massive physical and athletic ability, throws the ball 102 freaking miles an hour. He's an absolute freak. So to me, if his head is there this year, and it seems like it has all the postseason workouts we've seen, all the things he's been saying, he seems motivated. He seems jacked up and ready to go. That's a guy when he's healthy, if he's pitching at his best of his ability, you've got two of the best, in my opinion, five pitchers in all of baseball mm. on your staff. And if you've got DeGrom and Syndergaard pitching like the aces and the ace one B that they can be, they're going to beat the LA Dodgers in the playoffs. And we could be seeing a Subway Series, wow. World Series, yankees met. So to me, it's it's, it's going to ultimately, I think when we look back on this season, if you want to point at one thing, and there probably will be multiple, but if you want to point at the one biggest thing as to why the Mets did or did not make the World Series this year, my opinion will be Noah Syndergaard. I, like my meatballs spicy.
0: I, I love that. <laughs> I love that take, man. Oh,
1: what the hell is that drop? <laughs>
0: you like that? You ever you never heard of that clip? The spi- I like my meatball spicy. Pretty sure it was a Chicago Bulls guy a couple of years back. I also have this one. This is your boy right here. This is for you, Pat. That
2: was cheese. Oh, <laughs> little
0: uh, little ion for everybody right there. Yeah, I got an eye on uh, Noah Syndergaard this year. He hasn't been very good in a while, so it's it's tough to talk yourself into it. But if you get there, it's going to be epic. Um, real quick, I know we got to finish up in a second here. I just want to say this. A key for me is if Brandon Nimmo keeps up that same energy and continues to live on base. If he lives on base this year at a leadoff position, like he did last year, I'm pretty sure he was almost 400 on base percentage last year, if not actually 400. My guy walks like crazy, then he sprints to first. Everyone hates it. I get it. But he lives on base, and then Conforto, McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo. If Dom Smith is consistently in the lineup... J.D. Davis. there The list kind of does go on here. If Nimmo's on base, my guy's going to score all the runs. It's going to be epic, and this offense could be otherworldly at times. That, that's how good they can be if things click right for this offense. But I know we got to finish up in a second here, so let's round it up. I'm Pete Kennedy, Subway Sports Talk. we got the Boyle and Shen Show on SST today. That's Pat Boyle and Mark Shen Lugan. Uh, Shen, I'm not sure if you're familiar. We do this at the end of every episode. We go to our last words. So, since you're the newcomer, I won't put you on the spot first. Pat's a pro at this. He knows what to do with last words, which is whatever the hell you want. Pat, the floor is yours.
2: I know you've been talking a lot of Knicks recently, Petey. I know they're your team. You know they're my team. Um, look, to me, this isn't even a question. Is he the MVP? No. Does he deserve to be in the discussion? Yes. Put my boy Julius Randle in the goddamn MVP discussion and put some respect on his fucking name. Enough screwing around. Julius Randle is as valuable to the Knicks as LeBron James is to the Lakers. Without Julius Randle this year playing the most minutes in the NBA, having a season that only Larry Bird has had before, 23-plus points per game, 9-plus rebounds per game, 5-plus assists per game, and shooting more than 40% from deep, Larry Bird, only other player to do that in NBA history. Julius Randle's playing almost every single minute per game that he can this season. He's got the most minutes in the NBA, and the guy has become an all-around beast, scoring from deep, scoring in the post, bullying people to the bucket, his ability to dish the ball from the perimeter, from the post, wherever, and, of course, fighting for almost every rebound at night. The Knicks are where they're at this season because solely because of Julius Randle and of course, the coaching that Thibodeau has done. But in terms of a player-wise, without Julius Randle, my fear is that the Knicks this year would be ten and twenty-eight rather than eighteen and eighteen, wow. or whatever the hell the record uh, you know turns out to be, ten and twenty-six instead of eighteen and eighteen. He is that important to this team, and that is what you judge an MVP on—how valuable they are. To me, Julius Randle is one of the most valuable assets a team can have in the NBA.
0: Uh, that's, that was awesome. That was also cheese. Shout out to Iron Eagle. That was great, Pat. I loved everything about it. Uh, I will add, I heard on the broadcast, I forget the exact number, but their record is abysmal when he doesn't score 15 points. And uh, that's a low floor, obviously, but like, if he doesn't put 20 up for the Knicks, their chances go way down. Their offense needs every single point they can get, and he has been the driving force of that offense to this point. As we and speak, not- nine minutes not- left, 23-14-5. They're up you know, 14 on the Pistons. That's with nine minutes left. So another great game for Randall as we
2: speak. right now. And not only the offense, Pete, he is the vocal leader in the locker room that he said he was him and D Rose. Yeah. He wasn't last year. He's the vocal leader and he's leading with his defense. Oh, by the way, the number one defense in the NBA. So to me, he is an all around absolute beast this year. Is he one of the most talented in the NBA? No, that's not the argument I'm making. Is he one of the most valuable to his team? Absolutely. Final words, Julius Randle, put him in the discussion.
0: Mark, last words. You had time now. Pat gave you some time there to think about it. What do you got for
1: us? I mean, I almost want to respond to that, Pete, but I don't think that would do justice. I want to go get into my point. Um, you know, we could, Pat mentioned taking receipts earlier in this uh, you know a podcast about the Nets. I'm going to be cashing my check for the Nets futures to win it all. That's, that's the receipt I'm going to be cashing. Okay. Um, put it in. And put the hype, raise it through the roof. This is in the books. It's guaranteed. Brooklyn's winning the title this year. There's no question about it. The Lakers have question marks with Andy Davis and his Achilles and his cap issue. And when Durant comes back, the Nets are going to break the NBA. It's over. Are you a Nets fan? Tweet. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So right now, by the way, I'm, I checked uh, FanDuel popped up first in my sportsbook apps here. They're currently plus 300. Lakers are plus 280. That's very close. That Vegas is saying it's neck and neck. They're, that's what they're saying. I'm not saying that Vegas is saying that. So Mark, I'm with you, bro. I'm a Knicks fan. I've actually probably been harder on the Knicks than most, probably harder on the Knicks than I should be right now. Uh, Cause I am obviously pleased with what's going on. Maybe I'm just being cautious and don't want to get hurt again. Um, but the nets are incredibly exciting. Plus 300 second best odds to win the finals. Uh, for my last words, shout out to Boyle and Shen Show. Thank you guys for coming on. I came on your guys pod. What was it? The second or third ever episode?
2: I believe it was the third ever episode Third
0: episode. I was behind. Who was I behind?
2: You were behind, uh, Emmanuel Barbari who also works at the fan and, uh, at Fordham doing some That's great stuff. That's
0: totally fair. That kid crushes it. I should probably have him on subway sports dog. Maybe I'll hit him up. Uh, but thank you guys. Boil and Chen show. You got to check it out everywhere. You listen to podcasts. It's great fun. If you couldn't tell the energy is always that high and the debate is always real.
2: Yeah. Pete appreciate you having us, man. As always. I mean, uh, there's there's not a lot of people as talented as you that I've done some podcasts and done work with that can, you know, host a, a quote-unquote show, that can host a podcast, delegate questions, you come up with topics, you always keep it entertaining, and you, and you throw in your own real stuff there as well. And nobody's out here throwing out win shares and offensive rating stats and all these numbers <laughs> like you are, man. I know you do your homework, and I know you do a great job. So appreciate you having us on. I know you got a very loyal listening fan base, especially uh, from the hometown Staten Island, hey. the Rock they get after their subway sports talk uh content. So, uh thanks for having us on again. As always, Pete. appreciate it, man.
0: Thank you, Pat. That means a lot. And uh not many people are working harder than you. Uh, and I think that's fair to say. My guys doing play-by-play over here, over there, everywhere. He's at the fan, he's grinding Boyle Shen show, a weekly guest on Subway Sports Talk during football season. I mean, you're you're a busy guy over there. Busy guy. How do you do it? Give me one word. Give me me one technique on how you keep up with all those moving parts.
2: A lot of coffee, I guess. A lot of coffee, not a lot of sleep.
0: (laughs) Good shit. Uh, Pat Boyle, Mark Shed Lugan. Appreciate you. This has been Subway Sports Talk. I'm Pete Kennedy. Thank you all for listening so much. We'll be back next week with some basketball, football around the corner, baseball around the corner. Have a great day, everybody. Cheers.